What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Brotherly Love in the District, up to episode 11. And uh, today is going to be a more all-around episode as opposed to just focused on one thing. And I'm Tristan. You got Jacob on the other end. Jacob's going to go ahead and tell you what we're going to talk about today. So today, the big news in the NFL is that Julio Jones, once out of Atlanta, he revealed this and in and then kind of impromptu interview with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, but he didn't realize he was on live TV. Um, and we're also going to talk about the NHL playoffs, talking about how the Caps were eliminated last night. And going to talk about how the Oilers blew a 3 nothing lead to the Winnipeg Jets. And then we're going to have a, some few anecdotes to say about baseball, but let's get right into it. Uh, yeah, so... First thing, we'll talk about Julio since that's not really focused on either Philly or Washington. Um, Julio was on the phone with uh, Shannon Sharp, and I didn't know that this was planned until you just told me that. I didn't. I thought that this was a planned interview. And uh, Shannon asked Julio, he's like, "So there's been I've heard like there's interest in you possibly going to Dallas. Are you going to stay with Atlanta?" And Julio Jones said, "Nah, I'm out of there." He's like, "I am not staying in Atlanta," and. Uh, Another funny thing was he said, one, he said he had never, he doesn't even think, he doesn't even think of going to Dallas. He doesn't want to go to Dallas. And then he also said uh, he wants to win. And Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless both called out Dallas and said, oh, well, if you want to win, then you're definitely not going to go to Dallas. Yeah, I think that's really funny, but also a good point. Um, If you look at Julio Jones's contract, he is currently on a three-year, $66 million deal. Um, this year, he's going to be paid a total of $15.3 million. $15.3 million. Um, the next year, eleven point five, and that his last year, eleven point five. So that is a very hefty contract that if the Dallas Cowboys were to trade from, they'd, one, have to take on that big contract, and two, give up pretty much all the remaining draft capital. And I honestly think it would kind of doom the team because if you look at it, they need a lot more than just a single wide receiver, and they need an entire offensive line and an entire defense. So if you were to trade for Julio Jones, yeah, you'd have an exciting offense, but Dak would be under pressure constantly, and you couldn't hold teams um, to fourth downs. They're already spending $75 million on their top three players in Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, and Amari Cooper. And they, I think wide receiver is one of their last needs. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and it is their last Michael, Michael Gallup is a good compliment for all of that because Michael Gallup's a good player, but he goes kind of under the radar. Uh, and I think after uh, the injury that Dak Prescott just took with his ankle – Dak Prescott, I don't care what anyone says, he's not going to play at like the same quarterback. Dak Prescott was someone who could look downfield and if he needed to, he'd be willing to scramble. If your ankle is bent, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see this, but if your angle is bent, ankle is bent like that when it's supposed to be straight, you're not you're not going to be uh willing to run immediately out of the pocket like the running is one of the last things that you're going to want to do like after Carson Wentz tore his ACL you could tell by the way he was playing he didn't he didn't want to move out of the pocket much he did if he needed to but he still didn't that was his last resort as opposed to when he was in trouble he would get out quicker so I mean Dak Prescott's not going to play like the same quarterback so offensive line is what they're going to need the most and Julio Jones is not going to help that at all. I mean, and Julio Jones, like you said, he wants to win, so he's not going to go to Dallas. Yeah, and this is an integral year for Dak Prescott. He's coming off a very nasty injury, and I don't know which ankle it was, but it possibly could have been his plant foot, so that's definitely going to affect his um, long-distance throwing because you have to – when you drop back and you plant, that's going to be putting a lot of pressure pressure on that ankle. and. Yeah, it's it's all starting from the legs and being brought up. So this is a very integral year for him. When you're coming off that series of an injury, you need time. You need to protect it at all costs. In Dallas, they do not have the offensive line to be able to do that. One, it gets Dak 
more time too. It takes away the stress off of them because we've seen without an offensive line, their running backs have struggled severely. So that option is pretty much not there. So the Dallas Cowboys, I think, are in a lot of trouble because if Dak gets hurt again, um, they're screwed again. Like they're in some serious trouble. Dak Prescott, the last thing he needs to worry about is getting Julio. Uh, and I think with this coming out, I mean this 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 off season has been pretty pretty fun to watch. I mean, Aaron Rodgers once out of Green Bay, and I saw today that he isn't going to OTAs. Neither is Deshaun uh, Watson. Did you see that as well? I mean, like all, all these all these players are one out of their teams, and uh, Julio Jones just adding to the mix. Be, I the last person I would see asking out of a team would be Julio. Like Julio just seems like such a down to earth player and such like a, you know, nice player that he wouldn't want to ditch on his team. But I mean, I understand the frustration. You blow a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl and, you know, you're the only one. I think if they won the Super Bowl, he might have won MVP with the clutch catches that he was making towards the end of the game. Even though they lost, I think he had a pretty good chance of winning MVP if they won. Uh, and he, definitely, he definitely wouldn't be wanting out. Like, I honestly thought that he was going to be a career, like a career player, just playing his entire career for one team. But as you said, that blowing the lead, like that was their year. And after that, they started losing players, whether it's to retirement or just them signing different places. But they couldn't recapture the magic. Like that really was their year. And if you look at it, I'm not sure who he would go to. Because he wants to win, but what winning teams have the capital to trade for him? Uh, there, I saw a talk that he wanted to go to uh, New England. I thought he said he wanted to win. <laughs> that, I, that, was, that was about no a week ago. What? He'd be the only offensive weapon, and their defense is aging, and all their players can't. That was that was also a week ago, so a lot of things have changed. The last time that the the Falcons have made the playoffs once since the Super Bowl, and they lost to the Eagles in the divisional round. That was the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So yeah, they've they've been to the playoffs once, and they lost that game. Uh, they lost in the divisional round the next season to the Eagles. So, I mean, they haven't done anything lately for Julio. Yeah. And, and so I don't see them. He ain't coming back, but I have no clue who, who he's going to go to. Uh, like, I I don't think I can see him going to the 49ers because they just traded, like, the first to get, like, to draft up. Um, and, yeah, I and Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't know how to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, and they have a un- – I'm sure Debo Samuel back in Trey Lance. Uh, they also have Debo Samuel and uh, Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if they're really going to be looking for Julio. And they're, I don't think Atlanta will get this, but Atlanta was saying they want a first round pick for him, which I don't think they'll get. He's 32. Yeah, a 32 year old wide receiver. You're not getting a first. That that is um. I think unrealistic. they could get a second for him, maybe, maybe a future second. I don't think. Tell me what you think about this. To kind of appease Aaron Rodgers, the Packers try and get Julio Jones. And That's not happening, no. I mean, it, no way. You never know. There is, there is no way in on God's green earth that Julio is going to the Packers. They already have Devontae Adams. And let me just – yeah, he just signed a four-year $58 million contract. So you add another three-year, $66 million contract. The cap space actually a nightmare. Yeah, and so he didn't just sign this four-year contract, um, but it's this is the last year of his four-year contract, which means he's going to have to get re-signed next year. Then you have um, Julio Jones, who just got who just got his contract. So I mean, they're they're not in the market for a wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers is not going to go back to Green Bay. Julio is not going to go back to Atlanta. And if they do, they'll have to sit out for 
they'll have to sit out for the beginning of the season before they decide to move on. Yeah, and as a Washington fan, I wouldn't want Julio Jones. I, I like where we've gone with our wide receivers. Like, if we're going to give up a lot of players in a trade package in a first, I'd want it to be a decent quarterback. But, yeah, like, I'm trying to think of possible trade destinations for Julio Jones. There isn't a lot. Like, I I don't think Atlanta's going to get a first. I think they'd be lucky to get a second, if I'm being quite yeah. honest. This definitely could be interesting to see how this plays out because I'm not sure there's a lot of winning teams who would be able to – are willing to shell out the necessary pieces to um to get him. It might be a team that feel like they're that player away from being able to be a contender. Yeah, I just – I don't see Julio – we, we won't be able to figure it out until once, like, now that he's actually said he wants out and it's been caught on camera on national television. On 4K. You'll see teams, yeah, you'll see teams start to look at it, but we there's nothing going to be happening for about a week, I think. Maybe next week when we do our podcast again that it'll it'll start to come in, but uh, More as of right now, there, there won't be anything for a little bit, I don't think. Uh, I want to talk about so in our last episode, and I talked to you a little bit about this before we recorded, but our last episode and we did our predictions with the, uh, the, our seasons for Washington and Philly. And just what is your, what is your, like, what do you think is the reason you guys will win 12 games? And you said that I was, that was on the high end, right? Mm-hmm. High end. Okay, so give me give me a realistic, give me your realistic, uh, guess. Like the high end, twelve, low end, I'd say is about nine. Um, ten or eleven, I think, is a realistic. Because even Tristan, even I if, think eleven is still a little. Eleven, I think eleven is still a little. Okay, because our defense won us a lot of games and. The defense is only going to get better with the natural progression of the young players and the additions of the pieces in the secondary, as well as Jermaine Davis. It's only getting better. And if you think of all the offensive weapons we've been able to add, we've been able to add some a little, a little more depth to our offensive line. Think about the wide receivers we've been able to add. Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, and we still have some, we still have Terry McLaurin, we still have Logan Thomas, and we still have Antonio Gibson coming out of the backfield there's very few areas where we can where you can say Washington is weak like say what you want about Ryan Fitzpatrick but he I think we'll be able to give him the time just to be able to make the smart reads like when when he was in um when he was in Miami they didn't have an offensive line they didn't really have a lot of pieces and when you look at remember what he um was doing for the Buccaneers they didn't exactly have enough. That was for four games. He did that for four games, and then he went downhill right after that. In Miami, he got benched multiple times, if you recall, for Tua, and then got brought back out because Tua was also playing awful. He has never been a steady quarterback. That is why he is a journeyman and hasn't had a steady starting job for any team in the NFL. We just need an above-mediocre quarterback. Do you understand, like – we could have been a 10-game winner last year if we didn't have Dwayne Haskins as our quarterback. He actively lost us multiple games. Like, I'm going to go through our schedule and talk about games that, that Dwayne Haskins lost us. Okay, so give me a moment here. You start talking about something else. Do, do you know how many teams Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for? Isn't it like 10? He played, he played for the Rams the Bengals, the Bills, the Titans, the Texans, the Jets, the Bucks, the Dolphins, and now Washington. That is nine football teams. It is bad when he goes in, he got asked when he went into Washington, they're like, okay, so like, how are you going to make this team better? And he goes, every game is a revenge game for me because I've played for every team in the NFL. That's not That's a funny. good thing. That's funny though. He's joking he around, on a, Tristan. He hasn't played on a single team for more than two seasons. 
And you're telling me you think that he will be above mediocre for yes. a long he, enough time for the Washington football team to win tw- even 10 games is, I think, is a little risky. For 12 games at that? Tristan, he just needs to be mediocre. That's the thing. He doesn't need to do anything super special. He doesn't need to carry the team. He literally just needs to not throw interceptions and score enough points so that the defense can do well. So if you look at the um, games that Dwayne Haskins lost us, in week six, we lost to New York, and Dwayne Haskins, I believe, was the quarterback. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is 223 to 169. That's not great. But name a single good team he's been on. He, he's played three full seasons in his 15-year career. Three full seasons. And that might not even be starting. For Buffalo, I believe those were both starting. For the Jets, I believe that was starting. That my point here is that Fitzpatrick is not going to be – even if he needs to be mediocre – He's not going to – he's not a stable enough quarterback. He's been on nine different teams in 15 years, uh, and he has doesn't have that great of a touchdown-interception ratio. He, the odds of the division, just to make – this is from odyssey.com, 106.7 The Fan. Uh and the odds per Vegas on who's going to win the NFC East, they do not have an NFC East winner repeat, but they have Dallas at plus 115 to win, then Washington right behind them at plus 225, the Giants then at plus 450, and Philly at plus 500. How are Dallas the favorites? They have no defense or offensive line. How do people not see that? Because they have a steadier quarterback than Washington and Dallas, or, and New York and we the saw, Eagles. Tristan, we saw that happen for the first three weeks, and they were like one and three. How, how do you go one and three in the first three weeks of a season? Dallas, I'm not agreeing with you in saying Dallas is going to win the division. But they I think – Period. I don't think they will either. I think this division is going to be a toss-up overall because I don't think you can predict right now who's going to win. You're going to have to wait until the season because all these teams are so bad that it's it's sketchy. Do you know the last time that Washington had 12 wins in a season? I'll give you a hint. It's not in this century. Um, it's definitely maybe a few years after we won our Super Bowl. It was 91 was the last time you guys won, had 12 that, I'm pretty sure was the either the year before or the year we won a Super Bowl. But if we had a steady quarterback that wasn't on one bum leg, we easily could have been a 10 or 11 win team, Tristan. If, like, we almost beat the Seahawks when with Dwayne Haskins as our quarterback. Th- just think about that. Remember when last year when everybody was thinking that the Seahawks were going to win the Super Bowl? Like, everybody's like, this is the I, I thought, year. I, I thought they were going to win. At some point, I did too. I will admit that. But we easily could have been a 10 or 11 win team if we um, had a steady, just even a mediocre quarterback that wasn't throwing picks left, right, and center. We over this we could have beaten the giants twice which would have brought us up to nine and seven we should have beat the lions that would have brought us to 11 and we won the seattle and carolina games Let's see 14 interceptions for Dwayne haskin last season and ryan fitzpatrick why is my screen dead <laughs> ryan fitzpatrick last season had or is it Eight interceptions. Dwayne Haskins played, started the same amount of games. So you got six less interceptions with Ryan Fitzpatrick last season. 
And if you think about that, that could have been a lot better. And even like some of the first like couple games that Alex Smith was in, especially like he came back against the Giants, we could have easily won that game. And if you think about the game Kyle Allen was in against the our first Giants game where we went for two, if we if we went for just the extra point, we had the momentum in that game. We easily could have won that too. So. Tristan, it's not out of completely out of the question to um, to say that we could be a a ten a ten win team because even if the quarterback isn't steady, you can literally just turn into a team that runs a lot and throws a lot of screen passes. We have a decent enough um, block. We have decent enough blockers, and we have two pretty decent backs. Like the so Saints did it now- for the last few years. Alvin Kamara is on a totally different planet than both of your running backs combined. Tristan, we have a better defense than the Saints. That equals it out. You do now. Now you do. You didn't before, but since the Saints are in cap travesty, now you're yeah, But if you look at the Saints teams that, like, when Drew Brees is on, we're starting to go, like, a limp noodle. Like, if you look at the defenses and – defense they had like you ours are better we have a younger faster line and that makes your entire defense automatically better so we so we're now going to change that to a 10 and 7 record as opposed to 12 and 5 no i'm still i'm still sticking with dude 10 to 12 like interesting how are we not talking about you thinking the eagles are win seven games what about last year I think that's a lot more realistic than 12 for Washington. No, it isn't. Tristan, what about last year said, you know what? Seven games. Like, what about that gave you any ounce of hope? Because Tristan, so the, here's my thinking behind is still aging and not that great. You do not have any linebackers. You have one cornerback. And that's, that is where that's the one thing that I have there is I think seven is a more average guess than 12 for Washington. And, but I do think, I think the Eagles on the low end will, could win another four game season, five games, maybe. Yeah. I think that's very possible. I do not see, I still think seven's more realistic than 12 for Washington. But as you said, the linebackers, it's, I think the Eagles have a very big toss up season. Like they have, the AFC West, I think the Raiders are a toss-up. The Chargers are a toss-up. The Chiefs, we're clearly going to lose to. And I think the Chargers, we will lose to, most likely, because Justin Herbert is disgusting. But I think the Raiders in Denver is a toss-up. You have the NFC South. I think the Saints are a toss-up. The Falcons are a toss-up. Uh, yeah, Tristan is a toss-up. The Panthers. Three wins or four wins? Ooh. Okay, let's... I do not believe that three wins is – I think we are getting at least four wins. But I still think seven is more realistic than 12. But, Tristan, your defense couldn't stop a peewee team. <laughs> and they, they didn't address it in the draft at all. That's, no. That's the one thing that I had against like, – that's the one thing was, that I had against the draft. How, like, how was, like, the, even the analyst not talking about you drafting a linebacker or a cornerback? Like – not a linebacker like they we didn't we didn't draft we didn't draft one purebred linebacker in the draft at all and And we didn't address you didn't draft the good cornerback to um go with um Darius Slade you drafted another short guy we drafted another slot corner to play on the outside and what are you doing who went to Texas who went to Texas Tech and Texas Tech gave up like an average of 60 points a game last season (laughs) horrible yeah so how do you draft a cornerback who was actually giving up like 60 uh the it's look i'm not gonna lie seven could be a little bit out there but the only our offense is gonna have to be lights out if we are gonna win if we're gonna even get close to winning even anything above six our offense has to play lights out yeah and i think think, but my my thinking behind that and why i say seven is because 
I think our offense is kind of going into the season underrated and you're going to laugh at me for that. And I get why, but I mean, like you said, our offensive line, it's not getting any younger, but I mean, Brandon, Brandon Brooks is a perennial pro bowler. So is Lane Johnson. Jason Kelsey is a borderline is a toss up hall of famer. Then you have Jordan Mailata, who is a seven foot freak at left tackle with Andre Dillard, who was a first round draft pick behind him. And then you got Landon Dickerson in there. Uh, who's our other guard? Isaac Sayamalu, who's another big guy. And Isaac Sayamalu is probably the weak, the weak link of that offensive line. And I mean, he's still not entirely awful. The offensive line injuries will be what kills us. And I think we have a better situation depth-wise on offensive line than we did last year. Landon Dickerson, who was our second-round pick, has played all five positions in college. And so I think he's a good backup. You got a first-round pick behind uh, Jordan Mailata. And then you have Jack Driscoll, who proved that he can who proved he can play last season in the NFL when he played he played a an entire quarter last season injured with a sprained MCL. So I mean he's our depth at O-line is way better. Our quarterback play is gonna be a big question mark going into the season and that's I think Jalen Hurts that's the reason I think Jalen Hurts will be the starter but again hang on I'm not done yet Jalen you're right our quarterback play is going to be a question mark but you can't tell me that I think Jalen Hurts has a better outlook for this for starting and finishing the season than Ryan Fitzpatrick does Jalen Hurts played four games last season beat the Saints when the Saints were the best team in the NFL. And if they weren't, they were the second best team. They had they had a top three record in the NFL. And I'm pretty sure they were number one in the NFL when we played them. And if not, they were number two. What does it mean? They're the you best can double check that. In the NFL, like at what point were point the Saints is, even considered in the top five? You can have two? a good record, but it still means you're flawed. You, you're telling me you don't think the Saints were a top five team last season? No. Oh my gosh. No. You're 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 crazy, dude. Tristan, they had Drew Brees like starting even when they They were e- Tristan. They e- lost a single game with Tamsin Hill at quarterback. They lost one game. Even when they saw that, they still put faith in Drew Brees for some obscure reason. Like like the smart move was either to put Taysom Hill in or Jameis Winston. But the reason I didn't have him in the top 5 is is cuz they were still like foolishly following a quarterback who is past his prime. You're going to put, you're going to put in a backup quarterback who hasn't, who has barely played quarterback in the NFL over a hall of famer. You're telling me you think that's a smart move. Tristan. He okay. Didn't thank have you. Now, yeah. as I was saying, Tristan, I think Jaylen... Tristan, Tristan, Ben Roethlisberger, he's probably going to be a hall of famer. It doesn't mean he should have been a starter. He, but you're not going to start lose it, Tristan. They you're not going to start a backup quarterback. Tristan, they had better quarterback options, and their team has shown to been playing better when those other quarterback options were in the game versus Drew Brees. Their team, you don't have to do a lot in quarterback. You really don't. Throw it to Kamara or throw it to Slant Boy, but you have some decent. <laughs> you have some other decent options. Like you don't need to do that much, and it. Drew Brees was still messing it up. His arm was gone and out. his arm was gone. And teams realized that like he's not going to throw it deep. So you can pretty much either pack like all your linebackers either around the edges to try and contain In the like, box. Yeah, like try and contain like Alvin Kamara. The flats. Or, yeah, get rid of Slant Boy. But even Slant Boy was out for most of the year. I think I the Saints were a top five team when Jalen Hurts started his first game. He almost came back against the Packers. He started against the Saints, won the game, came back from a 17-point deficit and almost beat the Cardinals, which I think we could have won that game if Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins weren't absolute monsters. These guys are insane. Uh, and then the Dallas game, he didn't play too amazing. And – the Washington game, we probably would have won had he not got pulled. So I think Jalen Hurts is 
the the coaching staff says it's his or says they're going in as an open competition, but I think it's Jalen Hurts' spot yeah, to lose. Why would you go with Joe Flacco? That's my real because problem, it's dude. it's an entirely new coaching staff. So so you have and Jalen Hurts is a competitor. He's not going to go in and just waltz all waltz waltz all in on in there. Think he's automatically has a starting job. He's he's a competitor. He's going to play. He's going to play for the starting job. He's not going to be going just to be like, oh, I'm the starter. I'm fine. He's going to be playing for a starting job every week, and he knows that. And so I think that'll drive him to play better. Our receivers are way better than they were last season or the season before that. Even when they were fully healthy last season, our receivers are better now. If Devontae Smith is half of what he's expected to be, I think we have a decent wide receiver core. And our running backs, we've had we have the most complete running back group we've had since Deuce and Brian Westbrook. Miles Sanders, who is clearly our first and second down back. You got Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard for a power back, and you have Carry on Johnson to catch passes out of the backfield. You got Boston Scott for a changeup. Our, our running backs are the best. We have a pretty darn good backfield looking at it. They've made some nice moves in free agency at running back. But Tristan, saying that, like, saying Washington has had the most complete team in a while isn't saying much because our teams have been pretty crap. So saying you have the okay, most – Okay, so you're even getting at my point that they shouldn't win 12 games. Your point, but it still doesn't mean it's a super-duper impressive thing. Like, name a running back that has played, like – you guys have had, like, at a time, it seems like you've only had one decent running back at a time because it was DeMarco. Ryan Mar- Westbrook and Deuce Staley. Yeah, but even, like, in between that and he- there, you've always had one running back. Because can you name the backup to LaShawn McCoy? Oh, shoot. <laughs> Dang, that's rough. <laughs> name the backup to DeMarco Murray. Yeah, I, I can't. You see, and DeMarco Murray was it's awful. Not that, it's not that, like, yes, I think it's good. Like, teams that have, like, more options at running back, I think, do it better. But it's not super impressive to say that because, like, after you guys have had star running backs. After that, you've had, like, bums pretty much. All right. I, I see your point. And once we start getting closer to the season and once we start seeing, like, jobs be filled in as the season comes closer and closer and approaches more and once we see preseason that'll really help us yeah fill in voids but that's that's why i made the last one too early season predictions because we still have there's still a lot the, that it's happen. may there, there yeah we we still have we still have four months until the season starts so yeah. there, there's a lot that could happen like in theory, the Eagles could trade for Deshaun Watson, or the Washington football team can trade for Aaron Rodgers, or something absolutely ridiculous out of the blue like that still could happen. Or like a player, a player gets knocked out for the season and preseason for one of our teams that could really throw our thing yeah. into the loop. So it is a little too early, and I am a little optimistic because I haven't seen like. Last year, I'd say was the most fun, but yet it was the most fun, but um, anger inducing to watch. Because whenever um Dwayne Haskins was in, I I I never watched a complete game he was in because I'd get way too mad at the game Adam. So I'd just walk upstairs and say I'm not watching this. But that playoff game against the Bucks, even though we did lose, we did lose. That was the most fun I had watching as a Washington fan. Ever. I didn't see, I didn't watch a kneel down until I think week, let's see, when, I think our I, the first kneel down I watched was week eight or nine when the Eagles were getting ready to win. That, that was the first, I would always turn the game off prior because I couldn't watch it because it was too painful to watch. Yeah. Like when Haskins but was, that was so mad. Uh. But once we get closer, we can figure everything out. We can figure more stuff out going into the season. Um, let's jump into the NHL because there's there's a lot that happened in the past couple of days, well, since the last time we talked. And we'll get to Washington afterwards because that's going to be the thing we go most in-depth about. So first off, we'll, I'm going to go through the series. Pittsburgh and New York are tied 
uh, in the series, and they're playing right now, actually. Pittsburgh and New York are tied in the game in game five in the first period with 17 seconds left. Uh, we'll get to that one later. Carolina and Nashville are tied in the series two to two, which is a very interesting one. Florida or Florida is trailing Tampa three to one in the series. Colorado swept the Blues. Vegas leads Minnesota three to one in the series. Toronto and Montreal are tied one one. They are currently playing in game three two, still zero zero with four minutes left in the first. And Winnipeg leads Edmonton after three games, uh, 3-0 in the series. And that's due to a huge overtime goal yesterday from Nikolai Ehlers after a 4-1 to comeback in the third period. Yeah, and it looks like in the playoffs, Connor McDavid in the regular season is Wayne Gretzky, but tur- turns into Nail Yakupov in the playoffs. Like, I'm, the playoffs have... St- are starting to show how wrong our playoff predictions were because we both had um, the Oilers winning, and that ain't going to happen. I I would like to note first that I had the Jets going originally, and you you swayed me. You swayed me the other way, so I feel played, but I do have to stick to my – I do have to stick to my pick, and I did pick Edmonton to win, and man, was I wrong. Yeah, we were were both – but one uh, Colorado series. advanced. Yeah. One interesting series is the Maple Leaf versus um the Habs. That has turned I thought that I didn't think the series would be that close. Like th- that could be a very interesting series that I can see going six or seven. Because it seems like the Habs are just a very tough team that sticks around. And John Tavares is out indefinitely. Yeah, with the, like uh, with that nasty head injury he with got the knee to the face. There. Yeah, that could. That that, was, I think that might have taken part out of the um, the Maple Leafs. That's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. Pit, Pittsburgh and New York. I was getting a little scared of. I still think New York can pull it off, but I am a little nervous for that series. Uh, Carolina and Nashville has already gone farther than you thought they would. And is going to go farther than I thought they would because I thought it was going to be a five-game series. I didn't think you'd go past that. Tampa is leading Florida, like I predicted. Um, Colorado swept St. Louis, which I was kind of surprised about. I thought St. Louis would be able to pull a game out, maybe two. I wasn't. And they just got swept, which surprised me. Uh, and then St. Louis Vegas is the same is, team that won the Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Bennington is starting to become kind of toxic, honestly. Like he, he, he tries to, to be bigger than he actually power. plays. Yeah, he, yeah. He he tries to be bigger to than he is for some reason. Uh, but then you got let's let's move on to the another series that ended one of two series that already ended. <laughs> the Caps got eliminated by Boston, which I predicted, and what what I have to say, I told you so. I mean. Before I go into my analysis, and um, I do just want to say congrats to the Bruins and all the fans that are of the Bruins. Um, they played a lot better than I thought they would. They were able to completely neutralize our top six lines. They, like, Tuka Rask is the MVP of that series. I don't care what anybody says. He is the MVP of that series, plain and simple. Um, he, he, he was coming off a recent injury, and he just played out of his mind, so hats off to him but what the hell were we doing our top six forwards didn't do they were completely neutralized we could not do anything it seemed like we can never get more than 10 minutes of like decent offense going it always seemed like we'd have a few spurts but then seem like we're on a non-stop penalty kill for the entire time we lacked it looks here like lacked the urgency it looks here like you guys just kind of got burnt out after game three because you had three straight overtime games. And like you said, Tuka Rask was the MVP because you had three, you had three overtime games. He gave up the goal in game one and then game two and three, he won in overtime. And then after that, they were just blowing you out of the water. He didn't allow more than one goal in either of the final two games. And it just seemed like that two overtime game in game three killed you guys. 
it's just we didn't play with any urgency it just didn't seem like we cared and what i take from this is um i want them to get rid of kuznetsov he for me he doesn't really bring anything yes he's young but he doesn't play like it he plays slow and methodical and it just seems like he's skating around the ice just trying to not get involved like i'd be more than happy for the um for the Seattle Kraken to take him. Um, I want them to keep Oshi. I have thought different in the past, but he is one of the heart and soul of our team. But we need to go a lot. We need to go younger. We need to change things up because our top six forwards cannot do a thing. Like Anthony Mantha, I think is the only one that you, you could even say played decent. Like, yes, but I do think he should put a lot more effort in, but he was able to get a lot of shots and, but I don't know, this front office has their work cut out for them. Like, we need to go a lot younger. Things need to be changed. It just seems like we've been figured out. Uh, well, Peter Laviolette, he will give you three good seasons. You got one down, and then you'll go to mediocrity. So, Well, after that, all of our players are going to be old, and we're going to be on the down anyway. Uh. And then just a little bit of news for the Flyers since they are already out golfing. Uh, Kevin Hayes is getting hernia surgery, but that's only a six-week pro- a six-week recovery. Uh, oust for him, yeah, recovery. I couldn't think of what the word was. Six-week recovery, so hopefully he should be fine by the time we go back. Um, Scott Gordon has parted ways with the Flyers organization. He was the head coach for the Phantoms. He was the interim head coach that season that the Flyers went through eight goalies, finally decided to call up Carter Hart. Uh, so that's, I, it was mutual. So, I mean, overall, that's not that bad, but I mean, I really like, I thought they were going to possibly hire him for the head coach job when they were looking for a head coach and then AV came along. And one of, speaking of AV, one of the big things that a lot of fans are calling for is that AV be fired. But I was listening to this podcast a couple of days ago and uh, one of the reporters for the athletic had had an interview with Chuck Fletcher and Chuck Fletcher was very adamant to say that AV and the entire coaching staff, Mike Yo, Michelle Terry, and they're all staying with the flyers, which I'm excited about because I I don't think after one bad season where there's a lot of question marks going into the season and going through the season, I don't think you fire a coaching staff after that. You have three former head coaches on your team, and I don't think that you should fire them after one bad season. So, and AV went to a couple cup finals. So it's, I think, it's good on Chuck Fletcher to hold on to them and that you should give them a couple more seasons. But how do you see these? I think, uh, I think James Van Riemsdyk is a possibility. Uh, Jacob Voracek is a possibility. Um, I think those are probably the two biggest guys that they'll be looking at. Uh, Maybe, but, oh, and then like, also, we have to see what we're going to do. Like, we don't have a backup goalie anymore. Brian Elliott it might not come back. He said he's willing to come back. He wants to play another season. And he wants to he wants to play another season. He wants to stay with the Flyers. But that's not entirely guaranteed. Uh, so we have to see what we're going to do for a backup goalie. Uh, Sean Couturier is going to need a contract soon, which is really going to hurt us because – he has been way underpaid. He is the best. He's the best flyer in like he's the best player in the organization because he's yeah. I Claude Giroux doesn't have the defensive abilities that uh Sean Couturier does. Like, don't get me wrong, Claude Giroux is an amazing player, and clearly like his stats show it, but Claude Giroux is more of an offensive weapon, and Sean Couturier is a jack of all trades. He plays power play. He plays five on five, four on four. He plays the penalty kill. He was a Selkie winner. I mean, he's, he's an amazing, and you can tell like when he's not there, you can see that there's a hole in the lineup and that you can't, 
you can't replace him with one player. So that's that's going to be a rough one coming out. But so with I just want to talk about these series that are tied right now because they the other ones are completely blown out of the water. Do you still think you had Pittsburgh beating New York, right? Mm-hmm. Do you still think Pittsburgh will beat New York? Yeah, I, I series tied to Pittsburgh. I, I just think they're 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 the better team. They they have the experience. I think they'll beat them still. It is close, but that's I what the Islanders have done all season. Stick around, even though they might not be the best team. Just stick this. They just stick around like in that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Carolina Nashville series? That one, I know you're gonna be. I know you had Carolina's sweeping the. Uh... Um, um, the Predators have proven tougher than I thought they were. I honestly didn't think they would. They were that like tough of a team. Like they lost PK Subban, and it's like well after like their um president's trophy like winning team they just fell off a cliff it seems like but hey they proved me wrong they've proven to be um they're sticking in there they're only two wins in the series i say only like they've played um yeah the two wins that they have in the series are both double overtime wins though which means they can't close them out in regulation which could prove to be an issue for later in the series luck in those games can be swayed either way easily like sorry to bring up the caps but in our cup run remember when the blue jackets took two games off of us in the first round right off the bat and these overtime games i just think that shows that these overtime games can really be can really sway either way just depends on how lucky you are that when the flyers played the islanders last season in the playoffs the series went to a game seven and all three games that the Flyers won were one in overtime. They didn't win one in regulation. So, I mean, and then we ended up losing in seven for nothing in the seventh game. And so, I mean, that kind of, I think in order to be able to win, you also need to be able to get those, right. those regulation wins, especially when you're playing a team like Carolina, because Carolina is going to outskate Nashville constantly they are going to skate circles around nashville because carolina is just a more complete team so they're going to be able to hold on to momentum and be able to take advantage of the games after double overtime games so i still think carolina will win that even if it goes to a game six which asked to yeah uh do you what do you think about the tampa Tampa series. You had Florida winning, beating Tampa, but I still, now that Tampa's up three to. I had it going to seven games. Um, I still think it could go either way. Like each one of the games have been close, and um, game one Nikita Kucherov proved to be the difference. So if he's able to keep up that level, I don't think the Panthers will be able to um, will be able to match that. But I do think this is like a set in stone seven game series. And. You love that a three-one series lead going to a game seven. That's you love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Toronto and Montreal. That's what do you think about that one? That's a one-one series. That I I thought that Toronto was just gonna skate circles around them, but with the John Tavares injury, the life of that team has been taken out of it. Like he, their captain is gone. Like he ain't coming back. So um, I saw you give like you give a team like the Habs just a small bit of that hope that you yeah a small bit of hope to be able to feed on and the Leafs may be starting to doubt themselves like I think that the Habs smell blood in the water at this point. I think that'll be that'll be a good series to watch because Montreal is a rough team to play. They're they don't give up easily. I mean, they they took the Flyers series to six last season after they shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. They they were the last team to get in. They were there were what twenty four teams last season. Yeah, twenty four teams. They were the twenty fourth team to make it in. Barely, they were five hundred, and they won in the play in because Carey, if Carey Price can steal you a couple games, 
you're in good shape. And I mean, Carey Price, he's not the same goalie he was, but he's still an amazing goalie. I good enough. We can't put it past him. Yeah. But yeah. It, this series in, is interesting because it's one of the oldest NHL rivalries revisited that hasn't really been as prominent in the last 50 years, give or take. So it, I think it'll definitely start to heat up as the uh, games progress. I saw a video where people were talking to Leafs fans and they're like, so do you actually think the Leafs will beat Montreal? And they're like, no, I, I don't think they will. I think Montreal will win the series. And I'm just like, that goes to show the doubt that Toronto fans have in their team. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, I don't blame them. The players not to see that. I think it's going to be pretty impossible for them not to see the fans doubt. And I mean, the, the playoffs being in actual home buildings this year is a big difference maker. Yeah, like Montreal that, is an electric place to play. But do Toronto allow fans? Because I don't think they do. Oh, you're right. The Toronto and Montreal don't have fans. That's right. I They're forgot about that. Empty. They're still playing empty. But I think game seven, I think they might have fans. I think is what it was. If they go to a game seven, there will be fans. But those are the ones that are super close. I know I went into Tampa and Florida, even though that one's not close, but I think that'll be a good series overall. Um, and so you you only got two teams advancing so far, but uh, it'll be a lot that'll happen in the next week. And let's see, so today is the 24th. So yeah, by the next one, we will have a couple – game seven will be a week from now if Toronto and Montreal go to a game seven. But I believe every other series will be closed out by next week. Yeah, we should And be we will be talking – The next matchups. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about round two, which is going to be – well, no, because they'll still be playing division games, so – It'll still be interesting, of course, but it won't be as interesting as the Final Four, which is what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, so let's hop on over to the MLB. You guys just got a series win against the Orioles. Yeah, finally. Is, <laughs> and we yeah, did very good. Quick, like they, we've been down in those games and a lot of comebacks. Um, Josh Bell and Kyle Schwab are really starting to swing the bat really well. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Bell got off to a bad start, but he's starting to hit above 200 now. So I think our offense. Kyle Schwarber has are, eight home runs already. Yeah, I think our offense is starting to heat up. And if, especially if Soda is able to get back in the swing of things and our pitching is able to maintain like decent to mediocre, then I could see us getting above 500. You know, not to be too uh, ambitious. The. Phillies are, on the other hand, and are starting to suffer from the schedule. They've they've been having a rough time lately. They just they just played the Red Sox, which didn't help because. But your boy Red Zach Sox Wheeler. Zach Zach Wheeler's making a making a a spot for himself to say he's the top pitcher in Philly. I mean, Aaron oh, Nola Aaron has Nola? a big. Aaron Nola hasn't been playing too well. He's but a few stretch of games shouldn't decide that Zach Wheeler is better than Aaron Nola. I didn't say I didn't say that Zach Wheeler. I was saying he was making a case where I still think Aaron Nola is better than Zach Wheeler. But I think if Aaron Nola steps it up, Zach Wheeler keeps playing the way he is. You got a pretty strong one-two punch up there. Yeah, but looking at these standings, the top two are both have lost a lot of games in the last 10 and the bottom three of the Braves, Marlins, and Nationals have each won six out of four, six, six, six wins and four losses in the last 10. So if that continues, we can possibly see the league table flip. This division has completely flipped from what we thought. Uh, I'm a turd if we're being completely honest. Yeah. I mean, but NL East is playing like the NFC East. But if you're going, but looking at back at the AL East, the Rays just overtook the Red Sox. The Yankees are just have pretty much caught up. The Blue Jays are starting to do really well. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr., did you see the three home run game he had? Again? 
Yeah, and he's tied with Shohei Otani for the league leading home runs. He's really swinging the stick. The uh, let's see. So the Phillies are on a little bit of a stretch here. They're going on ten games in a row, and I think it's proving to uh to hurt them because they've lost the last two series that they've played. The last three series that they've played, they lost two against the Blue Jays, two against the Marlins, and dropped two against the Red Sox in their last uh, their last three series. So they've been having a lot of issues uh, with the rest of the season. They're playing the Marlins again right now. They're tied two to two in the top of the fourth. But I, I think they need a break because even just a one-day break just to try to get 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 their feet back but i mean playing the red Sox after losing a series to the marlins i don't think helped anything yeah um it's starting to see that the phillies are a little struggling and bryce harper hasn't even been in and out of your lineup Probably yeah Br- bryce harper isn't playing strong joe girardi said he thinks he's playing with soreness which i mean i don't think that's an amazing excuse you're a professional baseball player i mean don't get me wrong it's that'll affect a player, but when you're a professional athlete and you're getting paid $330 million, should you be swinging the bat a little bit better, even if you're a little sore? Probably. Mickey Mantle played with extreme knee pain throughout his entire career. Forget, forget like soreness. Yeah. Forget soreness over a few weeks. He played with it for his entire career. Like, there was only like the first maybe two years where we saw Mickey Mantle uninjured. The rest of his career, he pretty much played injured. So, and we they didn't have all the medical advances back then. So, I'm not saying you have to play every single game, but soreness really, like your team needs. Uh, yeah, that's your team needs you. Yeah, he hasn't been really playing strong, and he needs to he needs to bounce back real quick otherwise we're going to be in trouble he's and he's not playing tonight so brad miller's in right field for him overrated okay well you're still mad that (laughs) bryce harper signed with the phillies not the nationals Um, i think it's kind of funny at this point i'm not mad because we did win a world series i just think it's really funny that he left and we won the World Series after he left. I, I just think it's a little funny. That definitely lightened the mood with me and Bryce Harper. Um, with that, though, I think that's all I got. Do you have anything else you have to say before we get out of here? No, I think that's pretty much it. Hopefully in this next week, we'll start to get some information on um Julio Jones. Hopefully, we'll get some more about Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers to see what's going on there. If the teams are still exploring trade options, but the playoffs should be wrapping up. The first round of NHL playoffs should be wrapping up here soon. So next week we should have some hot topics to talk about. Uh, And we will see you guys on Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday this week again. Uh, And. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have much on any of the players. Maybe Julio, but I don't think we'll have much on Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers until the season starts coming around. I know, but... Because I think I think they'll do their best to just sit out and hope to get traded, but I think the organizations will try to hold them there. Right. Because, I mean, those those players are game changers. They're, you don't want You don't want to let them go to another team. <laughs> Yeah, like Aaron Even on, especially Deshaun Watson, he's still young. Well, and Aaron Rodgers, he transforms the Packers from like if he were to leave, they'd go from the easy winners to pick the division to a not very good team to possibly the worst in the division, maybe. Yeah, so I mean, that you don't want to let a game changer go. So, uh, but yeah, we will we will see you guys again on Wednesday, possibly Thursday, most likely Wednesday though. 
Um, and you guys can go go follow our Instagram at BL in the DC. Uh, I post daily scores on there of, well, not the Caps anymore. Rip yeah. the Caps playoff run. Uh, but Phillies and Nationals, I post those scores up there daily. Uh, once the football season comes around, we'll be doing that too. Uh, so go follow us on there. Uh, you can follow me at tkunik10. Follow Jacob at jalvarez639. DM us uh, questions, comments, all that stuff. Uh, you can email us at blinthedc at gmail.com. And with that, I think we are going to go on and get out of here. So we will see you guys again in a couple days. Later.